Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jared Peeping, and today I am joined by Danny Ford from Glen Sane. Danny, thanks so much for coming on. Well, thank you for asking. Yeah, it's, it's great to be able to spend time together. I, you know, I've obviously seen your commercials uh, for a while, and I know that you obviously have the dealership. I guess you have a couple here in Paragold, and one in Rector, one in Kennett. Uh, one of the questions I have before we really get into, you know, how you got to where you are is tell me about your commercials. How do you come up with the stories that you come up with? So I know you probably have a lot of them. <laughs> How do you pick the stories you end up sharing? You know, every time I think of something and story in, in the history or the leadership or whatever, I just make a note of it. And we have coffee at a group every morning through a little rector dealership up there. And years ago, somebody said, you know, you have so many stories. Why don't you tell a story on, uh, on your commercials, ads? And I thought, well, you know, I got to a point where I didn't really have anything going on, interest mm-hmm. or sales going on. And I said, I'll just tell a story. And I did. And everywhere I went, people say, I love the story. <laughs> <laughs> and, awesome. and you know, uh, so I have a lot of stories. Yeah. A lot I can't tell on television or radio. <laughs> but I do have a lot of stories. And, and you know, uh, I've been very blessed in the car business. And, and we'll go into that, how I started and all those kind of things. But one of the things about uh, uh, the TV stories that I tell, and I always end my commercials and ads or the stories with God bless our troops. Yes. And that started a long time ago. And, and, uh, and I have people talk, comment a lot about the stories and they'll, they mention yeah. different stories. Yeah. And, and when did you start that? The God bless our troops. Uh, right. When we first went to Iraq. Okay. Our troops went to Iraq. Yeah. And, and what happened was our parts operation manager had two son-in-laws and both of them left and left their wives and kids at the same time. Mm. Well, they lived there in Rector and in, in the community. We did a great job. Everybody did a good job with sending them off and everything. And so, uh, so any, anyway, if three or four months later, my wife and I, Gail and I were coming back from a weekend trip and, and we were talking about the troops and she said, you know, the troops are still there and people don't talk about it. They don't think about them. And, mm. and I said, you know, we get too relaxed and, and they are there. And away from their families. And she said, why don't you mention about something about the troops and your ads? Mm. And I had to be careful with that, Jerry, because I didn't want people to take that wrong. I didn't. So I said, let me think about that. So I did, and I thought for a while, I thought, I don't want people to think I'm trying to do that to sell cars. Mm. And I, don't, I want to recognize the troops. So I, I waited probably a, a month, and I thought, you know, I think what I could do is just – so what I wanted to say in my advertising, mm-hmm. and at the end, just say, God bless our troops. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how much I've been rewarded from that. I mean, we've had troops come back and bring me flags that they flew at their oh, camps wow. and, and folded. And and I've had uh, uh, hardly a day goes by that someone won't mention the fact they appreciate. But just the simple tagline at the it's, end that it's just, man, remember, like, God bless our troops. It is. And it's really meant a lot to other people. It's it's important. Yeah, you got that huge American flag out there in your Paragold location. I don't know mm-hmm. if you have it in your others, but we have it at each location, and we started at Rector in long years ago. And so each time we we're fortunate to get a dealership, we one of the first thing we do is put a flag up, mm. and uh, we did that. And so anyway, that's the the stories. I, you know, I I just kept on and. As time goes on, you 
come up with more stories. But yes. uh, anyway, that's kind of where it started. That's what you're known for, man, a lot of times. <laughs> I so, like, I try to remember some of those stories and then throw in the God bless our troops. Yeah. And I don't know if it sells cars or not. People like the stories. <laughs> well, so anyway. people, it's memorable for sure. And I think, yeah. obviously, it means a lot to people, which is why you do it, not to yeah. sell the cars. But yeah. uh, you want to recognize those who need to be recognized. And so yeah. I, I'm curious. We'll talk more about the dealership. And just I want to talk about some of the lessons you've learned along the way and whether it's around management, leadership, dealing with the public. But how did you get to where you are today? Um, I'd love to hear your story. Kind of, you're, you're from Paragould, is that right? I am. I went to school at Green County Tech. Went to school at Lakeside with some of your family. As yes, I mentioned earlier. And those who are listening probably don't know what Lakes. You know, Chris. Do you know what Lakeside is? No, Chris won't have a clue. He won't. Not, he won't have a clue. Explain a clue. to those listening, especially younger generation, what is Lakeside? It was Lakeside. It, I, if we got time to do these kind of things, yeah. I enjoy this sure. kind. Of, yeah, I can yeah. remember better what happened back then. I can't remember what happened two weeks ago. But <laughs> yeah. it, it, at one time, Lakeside, uh, it was one of the wings. What we call a wing school from Green County Tech, and and they had the Beach Grove, Del, or excuse me, Beach Grove. Light, Walcott, Green County, I hear, you know, elementary, and then Lakeside, Alexander. And so we had these different wing schools, and they go one through eighth grades. And so, and there's a lot of busing going on. It's still got a lot, a lot of busing from the tech district. But then, so that's where I went to school at Lakeside, which is the east side of Paragol, I hear. And the kids kind of got a salvage yard there. And that's what my, my kids always said. Dad went to school at the salvage yard out there. But <laughs> it is the salvage of, yard now. Kind of a sad thing, actually. But we had some good memories back then, you know. How many, what grades did you say were out there? One through eight one at the through time. Eight. okay. And then I, I graduated. Then, they, then later on, I graduated in 1967. And it tells you kind of how old I am, but but they changed that uh, to one through six when they started and they moved the seventh and eighth grade to Green County Tech, yep. probably in nineteen sixty five. Okay. Uh, probably that's a close. And then, uh, but anyway, so that's kind of the way it all worked. And and they had all the wing schools that come in to Tech. It's a seventh grade. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what was like uh, life like uh, growing up over here? Did you say you're you're around Court Street, right? I live over over off of East Kings Highway, uh, okay. uh, off, off between East Kings Highway and Court Street. Yeah, so it. tell me what life was like over here for you as a child in the 60s, 70s growing up. Well, you know, I, of course, I lived inside the city limits, but Eight Mile Creek was the school district for Green County Tech, and then the other the rest of the city limits of the other was Perigool. But anyway, so I grew up, we bus, they, of course, I got a, rode the school bus every day, but I, I've got memories of... Uh, I picked cotton at split term at that time. And it let us we went to school for a few weeks, then we got out a few weeks to pick cotton mm. and that's how I bought my school clothes, actually. Oh, really? I, a lot of, a lot of the you kids, bought it with the money, the money you made, made from picking cotton when you were how old? Yeah. Well I've been in the somewhere in between the the uh, let me think about this, the seventh and ninth grade. Jeez. You know, think about how different times are now. It's different. I mean, that's it's wild different. to think about a possible seventh grader. Mm-hmm. And that was, I'm guessing, not completely abnormal, but going and working to help you make sure up, you pay for your clothes. Yeah, you got up early, and, and all most kids at Tech did that, you know. And, and I'll tell you, it makes you appreciate things a lot more when you start out doing those kind of things. My mother was, she instilled a lot of work ethics in me, and my, and, uh, my mom and my stepdad. My dad 
going back a little bit, my dad was killed in a car accident when I was a year old. Jeez. And so I didn't really know my dad. Uh, but uh, my mother remarried about five years later. And so, but they, you know, they, they did, they wanted me to get up and go to work in the mornings. And, and I did. Was your mom and uh, stepdad where they work at? My my dad worked at Foremost Dairy. My stepdad worked at Foremost Dairy. Okay, that was a that was a ter- later yeah. turn of dairy. It was a good. Yeah. So good my part. my uh, grandpa worked there. Was a foreman out there for a while. James Preston. Yes, he was. Uh, yeah. Yes, he was. I remember. The, and then uh, my mother actually worked at uh, City Light and Water at, at, when she retired. But she actually worked in this building right here at Belks. Did at she really? Time. She did. She well, worked. this looks a little bit different now, doesn't it? A little it? bit different. A little hey, bit different. I'll have to take you before you leave to look the original stairs. We still have yep. them in the building where you, you when you see those, you'll be like, "Yep, okay, mm-hmm. I remember those stairs." That's right. So she worked here. She did. She worked here, and she's. Uh, She's still here. She's at, uh, at insistent living right now. Okay. She's ninety-two, mm. doing well. Uh, but uh, anyway, so, that's so. When you're a kid, you're growing up. Uh, what was your interests like at that point? Were you into like sports, hunting? What was your thing? I, I loved sports. I played basketball and baseball. And Tech at the time didn't have football, which I would have been too small to play. But I would probably tried that. But I, I love sports. I did get to play in the Perigo League. I played Little League in Babe Ruth and American Legion here in Perryville. Was Gold. that over by Baldwin it was. at the time? The, the, well, the, actually, the Little League was here on the east side of Perryville, the, the mm-hmm. small park over here. Uh, Labor it's, Park area? It's, it's not, yes, it's not a baseball park anymore, but that, that Labor Day Park. Okay. And that was a baseball. That's where we had our baseball Little League teams. And then later on, I played Babe Ruth over at Baldwin. Then I played American Legion ball there at Baldwin. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, of course, I played baseball for Green County Tech and uh, – I was trying to remember. I've got to go back and, and look at the text from my dad. You know, we had um, Clifton Garmouth on here last yeah. week, and I was trying to remember the name of – there was a – oh, Tim Clark. Tim Clark. Do you remember that name? Tim Clark it, is one of the reasons I'm doing these ads, recognizing the troops. Okay. He was Tell a, me Tim Clark's story Tim for Clark, those that even don't know his story. Tim Clark was a, a, was a really good athlete. And he was a little older than me, and, and of course, I always pitched baseball, and I always wanted to be a Tim Clark. Yeah, you looked up to him, yeah. Yes, and uh, Tim was uh, probably two years older than me, but he's one of these kind of guys, outstanding athletes. Most of the time, they wouldn't give the smaller, younger ones time of day, but he always had time for you. Mm-hmm. And every time I'd get the chance to get close to Tim Clark, talk to him, I'd, I, I would do that. And he'd always talk to me and give me a little advice and things like that. He was a great, great person, great boy and and then uh when he was killed in uh in vietnam uh, i went to the funeral service did you I, really i did where was the funeral held at the funeral was held here in town and they the had a military service for him oh wow and uh but uh it was uh tim was a one fine fellow mm. you know i've heard that from from everyone who remembers him uh, mm-hmm. just how great of an athlete was and that he'd yeah. make time for others if you were a younger kid especially you looked up to him mm-hmm. and so we were trying to remember that last week because clifton was talking about like the larry Moores of the world and and i guess somebody yeah. that was they called rooster and anyways that's, it was that's it james was, thomas he was a freshman at tech when i was a senior Ah, but he was a really good, really good baseball pitcher. We only played college ball. Joe Stanfield was another big name back then. It sounded too. like there were some just good athletes around yeah, here. The way Clips had talked about it, would you agree? It's oh, like yeah. it, it almost felt like the sandlot is kind of the way you talked about it, mm-hmm. where it just, you know, now travel ball is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone's traveling and it kind of divides up the talent and they're all different places. But right. that's kind of seen the golden years, you know, where everybody's in the town is mm-hmm. all in this one place and. 
Um, the Washington brothers were fine yeah, athletes. They, they, they won the state championship mm-hmm. uh, during that time and it was for Perry, played for Perryville. Then, then, of course, with Tech had some really good athletes. And I don't know, you won't know, Kelly Scobie is one of my best friends. And Kelly played ball at Tech, and he was a senior when I was a freshman. And, uh, and, and they had a, some really good ball teams during that time. But he ended up in Rector when he got out of college, or in, got out of college, and he was a coach at Rector for several years. Then he ended up being a principal, then on the superintendent, retired uh, up there. Okay. So mm-hmm. he and I are still, and his wife teaches, taught school up there before she retired. Tech. So we've been friends for all through the years, and we're still good friends. We hunt and, together. And, and, uh, but anyway, he has coffee, you know, with us in the mornings too. And, and we talk about old times and memories and we mentioned some of these ball players you're talking about back yeah. in the was time. Was Paragon Tech big rivals back then or not oh, really? Big rivals. Okay. Yes. Big rivals. And I'll tell you when I was a senior, they had a uh, the day that Tech was playing Paragon, I'll never forget this because uh, they wanted to of course we were big rivals and naturally there's a lot of friction but they wanted someone from tech to come to Perryville and get a speech on sportsmanship at the Speprat <laughs> and someone from Perryville go to tech wow well I was chosen to go to Perryville and I was a nervous wreck. oh I bet you were and I got up that morning and you were going to the gym the clothes, they went to the gym Doc Painter that, Court probably that, that's uh, it wasn't named that then yeah but sure that's but that's it. the gym that's, right that was the gym then all the students there and I I, I was sitting there waiting to get up to talk, and I looked, and I had two co- different color socks on. <laughs> and, I, and I, I'm thinking, you know, I've got this thing pretty well under control, I think. <laughs> no, I didn't do a very good job with it. What I did you tell them? Uh, I just talked about sportsmanship and the <laughs> ball games and the, the past games we've had and things like that. And, and, and probably they probably couldn't understand a lot of it because my knees were knocking uh, pretty bad. But Did you believe it, what you were saying well, about sportsmanship? I, probably I believed it, but I was just trying to say the best thing i could to keep them calmed down <laughs> I but, bet you but then that night we played uh we played perigal that night Who won? i think perigal did okay i hate to bring it up yeah. i just had to ask you yeah. know so your storytelling came in pretty early in life huh no doubt yeah. yeah they saw something in you yeah so what did you want to do at that point in your life did you see yourself uh moving into sales to some or into leadership management like what did you yeah. think was going to happen at that point well i'll tell you jerry here's the thing you know I always wanted – I felt like that I was a people person, mm-hmm. and I felt like that I wanted to do something like that. All the way through school, I wanted to be a pharmacist. I mean, I, for some reason, I decided I wanted to be a pharmacist, mm-hmm. and I took all the courses in high school that I needed to take at Tech and had some great teachers, and they had me all well-prepared, I thought. But anyway, and I started out in pre-pharmacy. And I worked. I was working at Big Star for Vernon Williams. That's back before. The ones over here, like in the plaza. Actually, I worked at the one right here on Pruitt Street at the end to begin with. And then they built that new one out there, and then we moved out there. I didn't know it was ever over here on Pruitt. Yeah, that was a giant. They called it Giant K Big Star. And and Vernon Williams owned that, and then he went out and built that one. Then there was one here where the Dollar General was at one time. Okay. He had a, he had a, yep. a supermarket there. But anyway, I'd, I'd, so I'd, I had to work, you know, to help get my schooling. And so I went to work at uh, Big Star. I worked on foremost milk truck on Saturday sometimes, mm-hmm. too, to make some extra money. But I started in college, and, and I, I didn't do very well my first semester. And I came back to the second semester and did a little better. The third semester I started, I was staying with it, pre-pharmacy and and. I had organic chemistry test, 
and it's the worst thing I've ever looked at in my life. And I had an accident, a car accident that weekend. Had to drop out of school for a semester. I had time to think a little bit about that organic Man. chemistry. And I thought, you know, I need to do something different. I, I can't, I'm not going to do this. So I changed to business. Okay. So I got a degree in general business. And I, and I always thought, you know, whatever you do, and I tell my kids and grandkids, you you never go wrong being nice to people. Mm. And people is what makes – I, I learned a lot of this in, in big, at Big Star and, in, in, you know, just being – checking out in sacking or groceries or whatever, yes. just talking to people. Yes. But anyway, then in my senior year, I did – I thought I'd been talking to someone from Kraft Foods and sales. I thought, you know, I think I would enjoy that. It was a good opportunity. And I talked to the guy that was working with Kraft at the time. It came to Big Star. And, but then Mr. Singh, when then I got married my senior year. And and uh, and so, Gail and I, we didn't know exactly what we wanted to do, but uh, I felt like I'd probably go work for like Kraft Foods. And he asked me to come up and, and if I'd be interested, come working with him at the little mm. leadership there in Rector. He had a really good business there, and and uh, so that's what Gail and I moved to Rector when I got out of school, and that's how I started. And he said, and I didn't know anything about the car business. I have to tell you, mm-hmm. and uh, so. Since I didn't, and I was what money I was making, he paid me not a lot of money because it wasn't worth a lot of money. (laughs) I paid he paid me a salary, and I went back and I washed cars for about year and a half to two years, and worked my way. I'd come up front every once in a while, and I'd work in the partial. So you didn't even start selling cars. No, no, I I started in in my boys to say. Uh, and Dad felt like we probably need to wash a few cars too. <laughs> but anyway, that's was that hard for you to do that coming out with a business degree and going to washing cars, or was that just the way it was back then? We're you just know, like, that's just the way it works. It, it was better than picking cotton, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was a little hard. I have to tell you, you know, I washed cars and I had to go home and I tell guys, "Well, I, you know what?" But but it was a a good learning experience. And and, and Mr. Sam would go back and wash cars too if he didn't watch it. And mm-hmm. he was he was a. a He's a worker. He's a, but anyway, so then I came back, but he just kind of let me do my own thing. I come up and I, of course, we had someone else work cars too. And I come up and I work in the parts a little bit. Didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I learned that. And of course, at the time he had a parts a, a parts dealership too in that with that GMC truck store, and uh, we had farm parts and all kinds of different parts. So we did the parts, and so Mister Sane had some health issues in nineteen eighty three, and and he was he was young. He's fifty eight. And he came in and said the doctor told me he's going to have to get out of the business because he had some heart issues. And, oh, wow. it, and it ran his family. He's had, he had a, a, had a terrible history of heart problems. And and so the doctors told him that he didn't need to be dealing with that because he went 100 mile an hour when he came in the door every morning. Mm-hmm. And, and he came in and told me about it. And he said, you need to go to the bank and borrow some money and don't be afraid to borrow it because you don't have any. <laughs> and I didn't. And Gail and I was scared to death. I was 33. He wanted you to borrow money for what? For the buy the dealership to buy it, okay. Yeah, he said I got to get out. Yeah, to buy the dealership. Wow. And you know, at the time, it, you know, it was a small town dealership, but it was you know he did a really good business, and and so and it was a retirement. So so he and uh, uh, me the same, my mother in law, and uh, they sold it to Gail and I, and so and you were how old? I was thirty three. Hmm. Wow! Actually, I was thirty-two. I didn't when I first when he first told me, but uh, we went to the little bank there, and 
crawled in on hands and knees and <laughs> begged and, and and got the money and and that's where we started and and I and I, I did most of the selling and Gail did the paperwork. So how many employees did you have at that point? At that time we had probably uh, well at that time I had a body shop too which I don't have anymore but but at that time I had eight. Okay. Now we have probably 110, Jeez. you know, but with the other dealerships. And, and so you'd never managed people either at that point, right? No, not really. No, I did not. No, when I bought the dealership. So I when just, you bought it, was there, a, was there a part of you that's like, oh, my gosh, I hope this works? Or were you like, I know this is going to work? You know, I wanted to succeed at it for sure. And I, I we we knew that we'd borrowed this money, and I got a quick story about that. The first we closed on on a Friday afternoon late, and I went home that night, and I said, "Gail, the best I can tell, we got to make hundred and twenty six dollars a day to to make our payment." And the next morning, I went to the dealership. Is this a small dealership mm-hmm. at the time? But with it, uh, and she called about nine o'clock, and she said. Are you doing any business? I said, I sold two sets of spark plugs. <laughs> Not the first person to ask me about a truck. And I said, we haven't made $126. So about 1030, phone rang, and it was a man from Caraway, Arkansas. I'll never forget it. And he said, I understand y'all set stock a lot of parts, and I need the complete rear end assembly. I need the axles, housing, everything, ring gear and pinion for my 76-bit pickup. I said, Yes, sir. I said, we got them. We stock them. <laughs> kind of like that. He said, how long are you going to be open? I said, as long as you need me to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so you made I, your 126? So I made it. Uh, yeah, we did. I just, uh, I got uh, I got busy, got all those parts and put them all out in the, in the front of the dealership there. And, but anyway, that's Did kind you of sell your first vehicle before you bought the dealership or after? No, I, I sold for, see, I started in 70. Two for okay. him. So I you went from for, Washington to eventually. Yeah, I worked for Mister Same for eleven years. That was in nineteen eighty three when whenever I. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't. I should explain that better. I worked for him for eleven years, and after the first year and a half, you know, we got to be real close. He and I were really close, and he had a little cattle farm out in the country. And every afternoon, so he got off the cattle. He went to the cattle farm, and we went every day for years. And and. Uh, uh, so like I said, he he was a hard worker, and so so in nineteen eighty three is when that all happened, and he had came in and and uh, told, announced that he had he's going to sell it. But that, that was in eighty three, nineteen eighty nine. I'd tell you, I'd, I'd double up on payments and things like that, and I had a good friend work for General Motors at the time, and he's getting ready to retire, and and he said, Danny, I'm going to give you some advice. Everything I hear and and see through the company, corporation, the meetings I go to, if you get an opportunity, you need to get another dealership because they're going to expect a lot in requirements and all those kind of things. It's going to, even though you sell a lot of product in this little store, it would be good for you to buy another dealership. So I started kind of, there I was 38 at the time, and so I started putting the feelers out in the dealership in Kennett. I, I'd asked about it about six months before, and I got a phone call, and he said he'd be interested in selling it. So I got a hold of Mr. Wallace Fowler that owned the bank yes. in, in, yep. in, in, in Rector at the time, and Mr. Fowler was a good friend and had a lot of confidence in me mm-hmm. in, in Gail. And, uh, and so I told him that I found a dealership, and I was going to – try to see what I could do. I was going to go talk to him, visit with him. And when I get all the information, I want to call him, visit with him. He said, don't call me. 
I don't think about the car business. He said, I'm a banker. I've got the money for you when you get ready. That's the way he put it. So that's why we started, and we bought the dealership there in, in uh, 1989. And then uh, uh, as, we, as we got some really good people in, in the dealerships to help, we started growing and, and hired uh, some management to help out. Because I, I learned one thing, Jared, that you can't do it all by yourself. You can't grow. Mm. So you have to start depending on people to be able to do some of those things in that different department. So we started doing that, and 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 it started growing and taking off. And the, and the Missouri dealership started getting real good. And uh, so then in 2005, I had a phone call from uh, Doyle Pinnell's grandson, and wanted to know if I'd be interested in the Ford dealership here. Never thought about a Ford dealership. Mr. Sane had passed away at the time. He actually, we bought the Kennett store in 89, and Mr. Sane passed away in 87. So he never did know about the other stores. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and matter of fact, when we bought the Kennett dealership, they wanted to know if I wanted to put my name on there. And I said, no, I don't really want Ford to be on the GM dealership. <laughs> and besides, we got a pretty good thing going like it is. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and I, in the quick so before Mr. Sane passed away, I remember he came by the dealership one day. He didn't come around a lot, making a little nervous, but he <laughs> came by one day, and I had that little dealership just, I mean, the lot was full of new trucks, new GMCs. And he said, Danny, he said, what in the world are you going to do with all those trucks? And I said, I don't, I'm not sure, Glenn, but at least my name's not on that sign if I don't sell them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. <laughs> so we got to we got to to grow and went into eighty nine and then in two thousand five got the call from the Ford dealer and uh, and Lance uh, had called me about that and Lance Mitchell and and I, I visited with him and, and I said you know what I get to come home mm. come to Paragool mm. and uh, and so I, and I know I'll get you know I know a lot of people in Paragool that's yes. where I was raised and so I did and. And that uh, we kind of got that going, and and we we had a, some good management people that I brought with us that kind of over all the stores, uh, Joey Pruitt and Mike Benson, and uh, mm-hmm. those two are very important to the dealerships. Joey retired a couple of years ago, and Mike's still with us, and kind of like me, he's kind of semi right now, mm-hmm. but. But uh, we've always had some really good folks out there and got good management at the Kennett dealership, good management at, at Rector. My son, Todd, runs that store. Mm-hmm. He's been he's raising that store. He gets mm-hmm. up every morning wanting to sell a truck, and, wow. and that's what he, he loves it. And uh, then my son, Kirk, he is at the Ford dealership. And okay. so – and uh, he didn't he didn't care much about that in the beginning because he's been a GM guy all through the years now. He and, and Todd have some interesting conversations, <laughs> and and we were having a conversation with a good customer of ours that uh, one day a couple of years ago, and and he was inquiring about the Ford Expedition, and he's asking Todd about the Yukon, and they were giving him all kinds of information. He said, "I bet y'all have some really good <laughs> <laughs> dinners at oh, family dinners, do, don't you?" But anyway, well, but here's the question: What do you drive? Are you a GM? Are you Ford? Well, I tell you what, Jared. Some people ask me. He said, "Okay." If I'm looking for a truck, I know you have Chevrolet and you have GMC and you have Ford. What are you going to recommend? I said, Depend- depends on which dealership I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I can get a lot of trouble for that. So like, salespeople are always – when yeah, they question that, these salespeople, their ears are just <laughs> – anyway. But I, I drive uh, 
of course, I was raised in GMC. That's what put us on the map. And yep. but I dri- I drive both. I drive both. Okay. I try to. You That's know, good, man. That's it that is. Way you don't it have to is. pick one or the other. It I is. like them both. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and well, when we first bought the Ford dealership. Again, they asked me if I wanted to put my name on the dealership, and Mr. Sane, you know, he, he like I say, passed away. And I said, no, I really don't. I just, uh, he said, there you go. Your last name Ford. You got a Ford dealership. I said, well, again, it's working out pretty well. Yep. So let's just leave Mr. Sane's name, and we did. And I went to a Marmaduke Rector basketball game mm-hmm. about, about two or three nights after uh, we made the announcement we'd bought the Ford dealership, and a, and a man from Marbrook set up on the bleachers that I knew real well, and he he hard he said, "Hey, Danny." <laughs> I looked up. He said, I didn't think you liked Fords. I said, they're a lot better than I thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a good laugh. We've had a lot of good laughs over those kind of things, too. And, and uh, so anyway, you know, that was in 05 and, and, and got to got to buy the Ford dealership. Then in 07, had the opportunity to, to Buick GMC Cadillac, uh, G, uh, Cadillac deal, GMC dealership in, in here in Paragool, mm. and we got to come into that dealership, and then uh, later on in Tom Kirk, we ended up buying the, the Chevrolet dealership for him in 2010. Mm. Tom and I were good friends, and uh, and that worked out. And so anyway, that's kind of the way we got in the in the business part, and and I still, live, of course, Miguel and I still live in Rector. Our boys live in Rector, families, and and uh, but we have uh, we have. Uh, we're a family, you know, business. Yes. My grandson Lawson's out here at uh, he's out here in the, uh, at the GM store in Perryville. Yes. Then I've got a couple of my granddaughter Lauren and and Lindsay. They're in Jones, they live in Jonesburg. Both married, and and then so we've got uh, Max and Ellie. My that's Todd's two kids. They're they're at the University of Arkansas. One's a senior, and one's a freshman, mm. and don't know what exactly they're kind of mm. want to do right now, but. Uh, uh, Ellie's kind of want to be a veterinarian, and hopefully that works out for her. And Max is he's majoring in accounting, and so he's he's uh, he's he, he may come back and get mm-hmm. in the dealership business too. I don't know, but uh, we had but Todd and Christy live in Rector, and Kirk and Leah live in Rector, and then uh, of course Gail and I. And uh, but we're it's a family, and, yeah. and and it's not just our immediate family. We call all of our people our family. Yeah. And uh, so we've been, we've had people that's been with us for years, and I, I'm real hesitant to start mentioning names because I'm going to leave someone sure, out. Sure, sure. As long as we've been there, and and a tremendous uh, uh, customer base. I mean, uh, of course, if when you go and stay as long as I have in the business, yeah, uh, you beat some, you you get to be really good friends with some old folks, and I've lost a lot of those folks in the yeah. last few years. Um, I never will forget Mr. Sane had a really good customer from Sainth, Missouri. And he wouldn't talk to anybody but Glenn for a long time. And, and he's very intimidated. He didn't mean to be. He's a farmer over there, and a lot of people respected him and listened to him. And he brought a lot of people over. And one day he came in and said, I'm going to buy my truck from you <laughs> this time. And I, I said, okay, Mr. Lon. So I I did. I dealt with him and uh, sold him his his truck, that truck, and from that point on, he got to, he and I got to be pretty close. He was quite, quite he was old up in years at the time when I bought the Missouri dealership. Mm. He'd come by and visit with me on, on a Saturday for about two or three Saturdays, and and um, he said, uh, I want you to do well here, son. He said, because I know you're doing well in Rector, and I'm worried that, you know, you may be growing a little too fast. I said, well, I had a reason. I've been encouraged to do this kind of thing. And, and he said, well, I'm going to get ready to buy a new truck and a new car, and I'm going to get you started good. Wow. <laughs> so, that's nice. That's but cool. anyway, that, 
we got a lot of stories, and I kind of jump around and skip around oh, I, when I get started on these kind of things. Uh, those and, are fantastic. And uh, I, but I, you know, we uh, we uh, we've tried to stay involved in the in the leaderships too, as far as uh, uh, with associations. Now, Mister Saint was that's one thing he was just a he wanted to stay at that dealership. He wouldn't hardly ever leave, and he did that and raised the cattle. And I th- I thought, you know, probably I need to keep up with things. Uh, statewide and of course things changed and this time went on and too. what do you mean keep everything statewide well uh just like well for one thing what happens in the car business other than just in rector okay. arkansas yep. you know with associations and i got to in, involved in the arkansas dealer association and 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 very interested in that and and and, and later on became chairman and got to visit mm-hmm. all the dealers around the state through that mm-hmm. and so uh and i was on some of the boards of the gmc board and at one time and and i I've, I've learned a lot you know and and so that kind of took us took took our little leadership out where we knew kind of what was going on in the world and as time goes on i have to tell you this everything's changed in the car business not like it used to be used to you get a truck in there and it's had a price on it, that was it and then now that things have changed it's not just uh, the pricing, but the equipment and the options and all the different uh, ways you order, and and so I kind of kind of turned that over to the kids, and and uh, and that's uh, I don't know. I'm just uh, it, it got a little fast for me. I still I'm still involved, and I I still like to show up, and but I know mostly what I do when I go to the dealership is to visit with our people mm-hmm. and visit with the customers. And I always tell them if I'm there and somebody buys a vehicle, come, be sure and come get me because I want to go say hi and meet mm. them and thank them for our, their business. And so but, you uh, you start out, you're, you said you had eight people that worked for you. How how many cars were in your inventory or trucks? Probably total. What do you think well, when you first started your first? Right now it's a little better than it was a year ago because, as you well know, the car business, you know, through the COVID thing. Oh, for and, sure. And then the chips hit, and that was a problem, the microchip. That was a problem for inventory for sure, and and the more equipment they had on, the more chips they used. So so I felt like our people did an outstanding job during that time getting the vehicles in before they they could for our sole orders, our good customers. But we never for a long time we didn't have any. It was a real challenge. It was a tough deal for in a lot of ways. In some ways, it wasn't. I didn't. My floor plan interest was almost nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's a big deal. As a matter of fact, one day a guy, one of, one of our management guys, he said, "You know how much our interest was last month for four dealerships?" And I said, "No." And he held that up and showed it to me, and I looked at him. I said, "Don't you ever show me that again?" <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's a, it was a different way of doing business, you know, yeah. uh, trying to get the the product in, and it's getting better now. Uh, but now when things are normal. Uh, and it's, they're getting that sure. way. They, they'll get that way when they're normal. You know, we'll we'll have uh, you know in between five to seven hundred vehicles. You know, on the lots between all these lots, all four. Lots. And yeah. and then yeah, when you first started though, when you first bought it, how many did you have in just your one lot? In Rector, it, it I tell you, we we we'd have around thirty five or forty trucks. That's what it's always been. That's the way it was for a long time. So you've gone from yeah. eight. To a hundred and staff, yeah. and then from you know thirty to five to forty, whatever, and your inventory yeah. to five six hundred, whenever yeah, you're running. Yeah, when it's normal. It's, yeah, it, uh, I, I'm so a lot has obviously changed, not just in how much you've grown. A lot has changed in society, like you even said, even mm-hmm. technology. People have changed. Yeah. Right? Society's changed. Um, 
I'm curious, like, what have you learned about, like, how to deal with people? Because that's, you're obviously highly relational. People skills is very important in your, your job. You know, I, I've been in sales in the past, and um, everybody knows, right, like, you're wanting to make money, and I want the best deal mm-hmm. I can get. And sometimes it's hard to build trust with the person mm-hmm. that's going to be trying to sell you a vehicle because you're you in your mind you're like you're not out for my best interest. You just want to make the most money you can. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that you, you've been able to develop to develop a customer base that I don't think views you that way or people that way. That like yeah. I think they view you in a way like oh they do care about me and my family. Like how did you do that? Um, you know, and I try to do that in, in our advertising that people know that that they can depend on us and and i you know i have to you're not going to please everyone mm-hmm. you, you know the very best you do you, you're not going to please everyone but we do our very best to please our customers first of all you know we wanted to know that we're going to be very honest and 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 we're not going to do anything uh, out of the way as far as misleading you know and i said we want our customers when they leave there we want to feel good about the product that what they're buying and feel good about where they bought it they feel like they can come back and we're going to take care of them anytime too. And I, I think I've told our folks, you know, I've, I'm afraid some dealers have looked at it when they make a sale, that's a sale, and they kind of go to the next sale. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we don't do that. And, and like, for instance, you know, in the service side of it, you know, and this is a tough one, but we have a policy I had to change a few years ago on, on – the customers that buy from us, we're going to have a loaner vehicle if they need a loaner while the vehicle's getting worked on in our service department. Mm-hmm. Well, for a while, we could just try and loan anybody we could. Well, when the product got short, we couldn't have enough even for the lot. I said, okay, we're going to have to change this. You know, We're going to change it to if someone if they bought their vehicle from us, we'll give them a loaner. We can't just loan one that walks in the service department and explain to them what's going on. We can't do that. And and we've had a little uh, problem with that. You know, some people don't understand, but that's, I just had to make a policy. Yeah. We're going to take care of our customers, and 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 we and so I think people, I, I I hope they feel like, and I tell our people, I hope they feel like when they leave our dealership, they said, I really enjoy doing business with Glenn Sign, mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, and I I send a personal note to everybody who buys a vehicle from us mm-hmm. every every once a week the the they'll. Make the, everybody that bought a vehicle from us, they'll put them on my desk and and with the notes, and I'll say that's how I keep up who buys from us, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I send a personal note to each one. That's great. And some of them I know, some of them I don't. But if I don't, I'll make a note on there, you know, how much we do appreciate your business and everything. And, uh, and I'm, you know, I, I think that's important. I think that personal thing is uh, kind of important to – encourage people to come back and give us a try again. Yes, I mean, I'll so sell them the next time we're going to try. Honesty and gratitude is kind That's, of what I mean. Like two things that I think are, are so underrated. And yeah. like when I think, you know, I just recently bought a, a, a used vehicle for my wife, which I bought for my mom. So mm-hmm. my mom had a, like a 2019, I don't know, what is it? A Honda something. Honda Pilot. Honda Pilot. It only, had, it only, had, it only had like 22,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. It was 19. And then mom took care of it. So I bought it from her. But anyways, I went before that, and we looked at a, uh, and I won't say the name of the car lot, went to one in Jonesboro and looked, and, you know, you just, sometimes you get the vibe of, um, you know, I think I went to a couple, and the line was always, mm-hmm. man, we're already losing money on this one, <laughs> and I just immediately just wanted to walk away, because I was just like, I don't feel like you're being honest with me, you know what I'm yeah. saying, like, you've come yeah. $75 off the yeah. ticket price, I don't think you were that, you know, and it's like, yeah. I think, 
I would have much rather that guy said to me, you know, like you said, just be as honest as you can be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not coming down. Here's where we're at. You don't have to make up some sort of story about this and that. And so I just want to say, like, that does mean a lot, and the gratitude, I think, goes a long way as well. Do you think that yeah. those – would you say, like, I mean, the honesty, the gratitude, that's huge. Would you credit that to a big part of your success, or is there another part? Like, I mean um, – I, I, you talked about your staff earlier. Like, how important is do you think that is to the success of what you guys are doing? Um, have you know the, hiring the right people, training is yeah. that is that a big part of yeah. y'all's culture? Well, I I say that a lot, and and uh, here a couple of years ago I was recognized for something I can't remember what they call the award, but I told when I made a little talk I said you know I've never claimed to be a real smart businessman. I've always taken pride in the way I choose people. I've done a really good job with that. Your I mean, pride in what? Choose the way I ah, choose. Geez. I've chosen people. Like and, you can, you you can make the right hire. You can find out where to put this person. This person yes. goes in this position. This person goes in that position. That kind of thing. That the position one thing, but find the people that I want to represent. Glenn Sane out there in the and our customers are going to enjoy doing business and appreciate them too. Uh, and what were some of those things you were looking for? Just curious. Well, honesty is the biggest part. In the car business, you know, we have bad enough problems out there <laughs> yes, anyway. Sure. But, you know, I want to be honest and, and build relationships. I said, this this business is about relationships. Good. You know, any, everybody has cars and trucks. All dealers have that. But the people that we have, that's what I want to make the difference. Mm. And if you have the people that enjoy, that customers enjoy being with and being around, and and I've told especially new salespeople, I said it won't take off fast because you have to build up a, a customer base. And but you'll see if you'll treat those people right, and you'll be you build a relationship with them. They won't want to go somewhere else until they check with you, and hopefully they're going to buy one from you. Mm-hmm. And so that is paid off. Mm-hmm. And and so and the young. We've got some really great salespeople out there, and 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 some of them been with me for a long time, and some of them started out in the service department. Yeah, I bought a vehicle up. from Randy Wright in December, and he started in yep. the service department. He started in the service department. He was, he sure did. He's he's one of them. And then little Bobby Messer out at the GM mm-hmm. store in Perryville. Bobby started out in the service in the service department, and Brian lined him up at Rector. He was in service uh, for year for years, and but they get to know customers back there too, Chris. You know that that yeah. uh, they got to they get to build a relationship with them back there. So when he goes up front, you know, of course, I had to lose Bobby back there at that time because he got knew all of our customers in the service and he loved him, and and uh, but he wanted to move up front, and if I didn't think about it like that, but everybody. He serves customers. They come up, won't talk to him about a vehicle. And mm-hmm. anyway, but you know, I think that with people that, that uh, know our families, you know, that uh, we're going to be there. You know, like I said, my, you know, uh, Todd and Christy, they live in Rector, and and Kirk and Leah live in Rector. Gail, I live in Rector. My grandson Lawson, his wife and kids live in Rector, and then, of course, in in Lindsay and Lauren, they both live and they're married and and. Uh, and they live in Jonesboro, but they got strong ties in this area too. Uh, uh, Lindsay graduated from from Rector, and uh, and Lauren graduated from County Tech, and so uh, and I, we're we're growing. Our family's going. We're close. Uh, we, and and uh, have uh, 
five grandkids, and, and I had three great-grandkids and another one on the way. So, uh, you know, you go through stages where you, you hope you, you're blessed enough to enjoy your kids, then you hope you, you know, continue on with your grandkids. And now, Gail and I, we're kind of working on the great-grandkids. <laughs> so we got, you know, but anyway, that's uh, – that's what that's that's important too. I think in in uh, that the car business is uh, it, it it's changed. And one thing, the price. That's what oh, it, I'll get a little bit. How st- much was a brand new truck when uh, you started? Well, the first truck I sold, Jerry, was in nineteen seventy two. I started in seventy two, and I did go up every once in a while and talk to somebody that would know me. Yeah. I could kind of help out. It was thirty nine hundred and seventy dollars. Wow. And, of course, it, it, they weren't equipped like they are now. Sure. But my late father-in-law, he used to always tell a story. When he first started, it was real easy to price a truck. He wanted a heater, it's 1250 If he didn't, it's 1200 <laughs> And so now, you know, I, I see some of these prices on some of these vehicles. And, and you know, uh, I saw a loaded uh, diesel crew cab HD truck. Ninety something thousand dollars. Wow! And and you and, probably uh, never thought you'd see that. Oh huh? my gosh! My, my again. <laughs> but I, people I, will buy it. I refer yeah. to my late grandfather a lot, but he told me one time back in the eighties. He said, "Danny, you're going to see a truck cost twenty five thousand dollars in your lifetime." And I thought, "Oh, surely not." Well, <laughs> guess what? That's been a long time ago. <laughs> but anyway, that time is it, coming past. It's been a long time. Recently ago. had a, a Cobra in your in the Ford one that was like a hundred and. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've 12, we've had them more remember. expensive than that. Yeah. We yeah. I, and you know, uh, one of the main things that's changed the car business is the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, websites, social media. Uh, that's uh, people. You know, I hate to say this, but they don't. You don't see much advertising in newspapers anymore mm-hmm. because they get on. They, For sure. I, I tell ourselves people. I can tell you, I'm, 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 I'm from the old school, but I understand a lot about this kind of business. And most of the time, when they get on this lot, they know about as much about your inventory as you do. A hundred percent. Because they get on there and they look at it. Oh and study man, it. And, absolutely. Uh, That's what I did when I yeah. would go somewhere. If I know that there's yeah. six of these, yeah. and there's the most expensive out of these, and yeah. this, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so that's another reason you have to have. Uh, good folks to be in contact with those fo- your, your people and let them know you know keep that relationship you know going because there's so many different uh, directions they can go to learn things about vehicles yes. and, and product and so but we can we, that's one good thing if we can find what we're looking for you know if I said we can the last couple mm-hmm. years hadn't been mm-hmm. very good but uh, we're going to do all we can to take care of our, our customers and if there's an issue out there they always know that to uh, uh, and like I say, you can't please everybody, but we try to get in on it. And I get in on it. I said, if you got something out there that's really it's bad, you get be sure to let me know, and I'll get a hold of them myself, and hopefully get it worked out. But that's uh, this like I say the uh, the all the technology and vehicles, safety features, wonderful safety features. You know the 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 little blind alert system, the light that comes on in the mirror on oh, a lot yeah. of these late models. I love that feature. The only problem is that once in a while I get in one that doesn't have it, and I get it, I expect it to look at this. Wait a minute, be careful. <laughs> but anyway, we uh, so that's uh, I've been in the business, uh, and I get asked that question a lot and too. Y'all, and y'all give uh, quite a bit. You know, I told you I was having lunch with Jay Allen right before I came here from Allen Engineering, mm-hmm. and he was just 
Um, talking about how impressed he's always been with, he's like, you know, anywhere I go, I can keep talking about like a duck classic or something. He, he named four <laughs> or five things where he's like, anywhere I go, it's like Glenn Sane is helping yeah. sponsor it. What, what's behind that for you? That kind of goes back what I was talking about early on about being involved and getting getting out into associations and doing those kind of things. And, and we started helping with different organizations and in, in giving, you know, if we're blessed enough to to be able to do that, and we always want to, and and people appreciate that, uh, you know, I I think I looked at that. I think we're a member of seven chamber of commerce. Oh wow! And and now we're not. We can't be that active in each one sure, of them for sure. Of but we we're, we're a member of seven chamber of commerce, and of course, like I told you, I've always been involved in sports, and and my kids, and grandkids, always involved yeah. in sports. And were you, so, uh, did you help uh, bring the Razorbacks in back in the day? You said you were friends with Tom Kirk. Remember those uh, back when the '94 champions? We have helped with yeah. them, uh huh. And uh, in ASU, I you know I've been a supporter of ASU because that's where I went to school mm-hmm. at. And but uh, we we've always tried to be involved. In sport. I don't know how many sports teams. One time I counted seventeen sports teams we were sponsoring. <laughs> of course, when you got different locations, you got. Yeah, I mean, right. it might be from Pee Wee Girls yeah. all the way up to the American Legion. But we have, we've had American Legion baseball team for since we came here in in '05. Right. You know, and yeah. and that's that was my time that I enjoyed so much. Uh, uh, is my American Legion baseball days. I enjoyed that. My, you know, of course, at Green County Tech high school days too. But uh, but my wife and I, she graduated Green County Tech too. Gail was lived out down the street from me, and we didn't date any at all in in high school. Then we started dating in college, and and uh, that's a, for some reason I don't know why we never did date earlier, but we didn't. But anyway, so that's how we we met. Uh, in in uh, I knew her in high school, but never. I don't think she really want to date me, <laughs> but anyway, I talked her into it later on. But that's awesome. Anyway, always been a salesman. All right, well, Danny, I know there's so much more that we could talk about, and and, and I could learn from. Um, I I want to move into some rapid fire questions, but before I do that, I actually just am curious: is there just a lesson that comes to mind, or something you could share with me? Um, or others when it comes to what you've learned about dealing with the public, dealing with people, uh, managing people? Well, you know, uh, one thing my father always told me, it's real hard to be real close to your management people and getting too close to them. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But we've we've learned that that's not true. And so I'm pretty close to all of our managers, mm. and I don't like I said I don't want to mention names because I lose sure. I leave out too many. But I could go take you to each one of our dealerships, and I could personally introduce you to them and talk to you, mm. and talk to them with you there, and you can understand that I, I know of our people mm. and and our our family the same way. Our hope our family know our management people too. But each place that that we go to. I'd love to take you and just introduce you to them, you know, and 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 tell you how long they've been with us and how important they all are, and and uh, uh, so I, I don't know anything I would change. Uh, now we haven't, you know, it hadn't always been that way. There's been times that, that I've had people in that that really didn't want, to, you know, to go along with our policies, mm-hmm. and you know, of course, it didn't work out. I just call them and, and the boys and I would just tell them it's not working out. You know, we don't want to have hard feelings, but it's not working out. We have our way of doing things. So we have done some things that we have to make some decisions sometimes. That sure. they, but we, we, we're careful with those uh, 
people, and it's important to to uh, when you put them in there. We want them to be there from now on. That's what everybody that we put in there. We we expect them. Hopefully, that they'll be at Glen Saints. And if I could go then, like I said earlier, and introduce you to all these folks out there, yeah. and tell them how many years they've been with us, it's unbelievable cool. how much how much time that uh, experience in our dealerships. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'd love to start with the rapid fire questions. And so, are you ready for these? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is uh, what is the last show or movie that you watched, or what is the last book you read? I'm going to tell you. I'm not good at either one. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, Gail and I, we watch movies on TV if uh-huh. movies come along, and and. Uh, <laughs> And I, I shouldn't tell this story, <laughs> but we do advertising at the local theater here in Perigo mm-hmm. and have ever since 2005 when we first moved here. And I've had people say, well, I saw your, <laughs> your advertising at the theater. I've never been in the theater Are and seen that advertising. <laughs> and and, and they, well, my grandkids, they think that's really funny. <laughs> But you know we watch movies, and I'm a Clint Eastwood fan. Okay, you know? yeah. I'm a Clint. And, uh, Have you I, seen Gran Torino? I know it's one of the newer I've ones. seen Gran Torino, yeah. and I've watched it at home yeah. and on the movies. But probably the last movie I went to to the theater was probably Unforgiven. Okay, yeah, man. <laughs> a while back. That's right. But that's uh, yeah. I, I, we we don't uh, we just kind of we watch some movies, but that's about it. Uh, excellent. Uh, what is your favorite band? <laughs> Well, my wife and she'd love that question. I'm not much on the music. She's a really good singer. Oh. She's a real good singer. And, and so you basically listen to whatever she's listening did, to. Well, she, yeah, she's uh, and uh, all my kids can sing. I mean, it's, it, I'm the only oh. one in the family that can't sing. I think, but uh, <laughs> and I tell the story. You know, not long ago we were visiting a, a congregation, and, and we were sitting there, and after the church service, the lady turned around, and looked at us, and she looked pointed together. She said, "You have a beautiful voice." And I said, she looked at me and said, hi. <laughs> but no, I, uh, I, 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 no, when it comes to music, um, I'm more of a country western guy for okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I, if, the genre, if, yeah. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm going to go with, I really don't, uh, you know, we had, uh, here a few years ago, had Johnny Cash concerts in Jonesboro. Uh-huh. And the man from Record was kind of responsible for getting all that together. Okay. And then Joey Pruitt, of course, who was with us at the, at the years, our parcel operation manager. He's big in that. And uh, and I had the opportunity to get, Gail and I picked up Chris Christopherson at the airport. Oh, wow. And his son and brought him to Jonesboro that, the day of the concert, or the day before. And then the, after, the next morning after, we went down and picked him up. And that was pretty an experience. And I'd, I got to where I'd go back and see some of Chris Christopherson's movies. Yeah. And, and he told us, uh, he said, now, you know, I don't, I'm not a singer. I can write those songs a lot better than I sing. <laughs> but he, it, and he was coming to sing at the Johnny Cash concert. They were, you know, fun, a, f- a benefit. But he said that Johnny Cash put him on the map. So they, yeah. they didn't get any pay for that. They just wow. came in. Wow. But anyway, that's, that's a cool story. What is your favorite meal? Well, you know what? If I want to go to a meal, I'm a good, I'm a steak and a potato guy. Yeah. You know, I figured that. Yeah, I just uh, good steak and a baked potato. It's yeah. good for me. The Clint Eastwood movie. Yep, yep, <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, what is on your nightstand right now? On my nightstand, well, I actually have a a clock. I never set my alarm anymore. I used to. I don't set alarm you don't anymore. Have to that's anymore. A, huh? That's about all I can say is on the nightstand is the clock. Yeah, good. Um, okay, give us a snapshot from just an ordinary moment in your life that brings you a lot of joy. Just an ordinary moment. 
That ordinary moment, it brings a lot of joy. Oh, let me think about that. You know, I'm going to have to say, of course, you have to mention your family, your kids, when you when you, you birthed your kids and your grandkids and those kind of things, you know. And and our, like I said, our family is really close, and and uh, we spend a lot of time together. And mm-hmm. and so I don't really have any particular time, mm-hmm. but but just those times. But if I'm if you know, we get our family together, it doesn't get any better than that. That's great. Last question: What is one thing in your life? right now that you're deeply grateful for my family my family and in, in, in success of glenn saying businesses uh, my family as far as uh, you know for sure the most important thing and we've been very blessed and then we've uh, then our dealerships have uh, have grown over the years we very take a lot of pride in that and and uh, through that we've we've tried to help a lot of people you know with uh, benefits like we talked about earlier and uh we're going to continue missing those troops out there mm-hmm. and because of people like the Tim Clark. And, and there's another thing, I, I probably got, I don't need to go into that right now, about the reason I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't in this, most people think I was military, so I'm very, but I was in college and they had the lottery and the birthdays were full. And, and so I said, well, if my name, my number's pulled, I'll go. If not, I'll finish my schooling. And my number wasn't pulled. Mm-hmm. Some of my friends did, you know, have to go. And they went to Vietnam, and then, of course, Tim Clark didn't get to come home. So that's some special things out there that, that uh, it's, it's part of this uh, sure. uh, tradition about the, you know, God bless our troops. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed This is the first time, obviously, I've known about you for a long time. First time we've ever had a chance to sit down and have a <laughs> conversation. And so I hope we can have you back on sometime to hear yeah. more of your stories. And so yeah. thank you for being generous with your time and for coming on to talk. Thank you us. for asking. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Danny Ford has left the building. You know, I, I just knew Danny from his commercials. Mm-hmm. Knew he liked to obviously tell some stories. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know how good of a storyteller he actually is. He's had yeah. a really cool life man yeah. with uh, i'm sure a lot more stories that he could share yeah got a lot of lessons to learn from him i remember uh when i was new to paragold many many years ago this is probably before they moved uh to buy that ford place here locally and i saw a commercial and it said like owner danny ford and it was a gmc dealership and i joked that uh GMC dealership was owned by someone named Ford. <laughs> I love the story of uh, the guy that said, I think you liked Fords. Yeah. <laughs> Is I, well, Man. better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Danny, thanks so much for uh, coming on. And for those of you who are listening, thanks so much for tuning in. If you've not done so, please check us out on our different social media platforms. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're also uh, on Apple. You can find us there, iTunes, uh, and Spotify. And if you haven't done so, uh, go to those different you know platforms where you you know download our podcast and you listen. If you haven't done so, give us the five-star rating. Uh, that just helps people to find us more quickly and learn about the incredible people who are living right here in our city. And so, as always, thanks for listening. Until next time.